again and welcome back to the bench for this week's episode of The Plot and the theme this week is simplicity. I don't know about you but um, <laughs> I could really do with simplifying things a bit this week and um, as ever this is a great teacher this little spot so glad to have you on board and um, I'm just heading over to the bench now nice to get a little greeting from the ducks on the way into the farm it's looking so amazing here at the moment everything's just suddenly found a flourish of life after a very slow start this season because it was cold for a long time a very sustained period of winter but uh, yeah it's good to be oh I've just arrived and um looks like my partner Mick has been digging up the potatoes oh that's great <laughs> okay there are potatoes on the go I'm gonna get settled in on the bench and uh, and then let's get cracking with this week's episode of the plot okay I'm on the bench after having had a good couple of hours working on the plot and um, this, the heat is so lovely it's, um, it's hard to manage though sometimes but um, hard to move very fast but I think it's okay just calming down with this change in climate teaches a different mindset because things can't be rushed and so here I am going at the slow pace of things growing again rare as this is to have all this lovely heat and sunshine it's nice to have predictable warmth. It's quite a psychological shift for us Brits to bank on it being safe to leave the house without a raincoat or jumper. And there's a whole layer of strategic thinking not required for getting around, which frees up thought for other stuff. And the simplicity of a predictable climate makes logistics much easier, I think. So there's energy to channel elsewhere. Simplicity is the theme of this week's plot simplicity when your energy will go so far and whether that's because it's meltingly hot at the moment or whether you're just worn out from plenty of work and plenty of pouring out sometimes the simplicity of focusing on a smaller number of things that need to get done is better and more productive than if you're chasing a million ideas filling up every minute busy 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 I learned how to slow down in the heat on my first big backpacking trip page 19 when my friend Elliot and I took the summer break from uni to explore West Africa and struggling with the insane temperatures in sub-saharan rainy season I learned why taking time gently means getting more done they don't rush but they achieve what they need to in contrast to say me <laughs> who, t- who tends to load my days too optimistically with a million jobs and it can lack focus uh, I panic and then agonize over a semi-completed list of jobs at the end of the day as we go through this summer's big blue sky days it's hard trying to get the balance right because well I for one want to be outdoors all the time but also need to just sensibly do some shade seeking, have a refreshing swim, a siesta if needs be, and calmly go on about the jobs list. But the necessity of taking a slower pace helps approach tasks more 
mindfully, I think, showing up to each moment and asking what needs to be done right now. Sure, it's good to have an idea of what broadly needs attention, but as the path unravels ahead, it's a brave move to calmly but faithfully open up to it at a slow enough pace to register what it means or could lead to and be present to that and be ready to act because you've got that time, not because you're rushing on to the next thing. And there's a sort of fruitfulness at play in that as well, that as you're working in a moment, you're very aware of what's coming out of that. It puts me in mind of that fable about the wind and the sun having a discussion about a man they see on the road who's got his cloak wrapped tight around him. And they start to have a wager with one another about who can make the man take off his cloak. And the wind is convinced that the wind can make the man lose his cloak by blowing it off. And the sun just lets him have a go, just watches the wind blow and blow and blow, cold and hard, desperately trying to blow the man's cloak off, but all the man does is tighten his cloak around him. In contrast to the sun, who just beams and beams and beams and warms up and the man unfurls like a flower and drops his cloak off his shoulders. And implicit in that story is a sense of easiness as he released to the sunshine and warmth. And what I also like about that story is the kindness it implies. Don't be like the harsh wind and blow destructively. Be like the warm sun and gently steer towards action, warm towards action. So, simplicity. It's been on my mind a lot recently, having finished big projects that kept me rather submerged for a long time. I have plenty to catch up on with work and looking out for new commissions, and instead of going with that tendency to panic, I felt this gentle encouragement towards simplicity, to choose a few simple focal points and work around those. But for people who generate lots of fresh ideas, either in a job or life in general, life can feel like an explosion of sparks in all directions. Impossible to go deep on a single route because they all have potential and that's exciting, but they can't all be chased, at least not if they're they're really going to blaze. And accepting this is hard, especially for an optimist who feels that anything is possible. Finding a way to simplify can really help strengthen focus and build solid momentum. And each thing you choose to give expression to begins to feel like part of the same trajectory. It's the difference between a creative explosion with sparks flying in all directions and burning out and the blazing hot sun that radiates heat without losing its own intensity. Barbara Hepworth has been a lovely picture of this for me recently. During a trip to St Ives, I made just after meeting um, a big project deadline as a way to soak in some inspiration again, you know, when you're you're just done in at the end of a big project. Um, and I, I just took myself off away for a few days and potted around and I spent some lovely hours in the Barbara Hepworth garden and in her studio and I love the way all her tools are laid out and the plinths and the pictures of her at work and they've got some beautiful quotes of her thinking up on the wall as well in the visitor centre and just just a lovely place to hang out and 
I was really struck with how single-minded she was turning up in her studio to sculpt, to echo her encounters with the landscape and in relationship as a partner or a mother and carve shapes that spell out love and belonging and connections. Her focus was simple enough to create a significant body of work on one theme and her shapes returned to a simple, highly recognised form again and again and again in sensuality, in purer form, in deeper understanding of materials, a clarity of vision matched with discipline and focus, devotional and then repeated. I think Barbara Hepworth was a lovely example of that curious mind that puts one idea with another and creates something new at every turn without getting really complicated about it. Because instead of quickly becoming an unwieldy practice, an unpredictable, erratic, she shone consistently by finding a few rays to follow, like the sun sending out a few rays between clouds. And then those rays perhaps become guiding lights, principles. Another way this translates has been occurring to me when I work with new little shoots preparing our plants for the new season. Sitting here observing all this plant life around me, it's so refreshing because there's a lovely simplicity at its heart. Things either grow or they don't. There are some very simple things they need. Light, water, good soil. Space can help, warmth too. If a seed is too cold it won't germinate and it took ages for seeds to germinate this year as we crawled out of an exceptionally long and bitterly cold winter. But when spring arrives, it's entirely characteristic for me to get over-enthusiastic with seed sowing in this year. <laughs> this year more than any other because winter seemed so persistent and due to the cold, seeds just haven't sprouted, but I was determined to see life emerging. So I followed my usual little rituals with tomatoes and butternuts and my favourite sweet peas, nurturing carefully in pots at home. And as the weather warmed up, I began flying manically about down here at the plot, scattering flower seeds all over the place in a slightly desperate hope of creating this abundant meadow effect so I could float about with the bees and pick pretty blooms all summer long. Um, a, bit like a, a bit like a Cadbury's Flake advert. <laughs> well, let me tell you how it panned out. The usual favourites, including my lovely sweet peas, did their job of turning into perfect seedlings ready for planting out. But the flower seeds are randomly and optimistically scattered. What a useless tactic because our soil is so ridiculously fertile. And as things come up, I can't tell what is flower or what is weed. Except that they, they look just like all the other weeds to me. So before long, I've sacked off that idea and begin ripping up the entire lot, wondering if I'll ever be a good gardener. No frilly dress, but just horrible dirty knees, an appalling manicure and hair like Monet's haystacks. So I turn back to my sweet peas again, which by this stage, still in their little pots, they're looking small but strong and pretty and just putting out tiny little tendrils for something to cling to. So my job is to transplant them carefully into the ground and stake them with six foot canes in a nice wigwam shape so they know where they have to go. And here's the thing, I can never believe that the freshest, tiniest green little shoots poking up from dark compost are ever going to turn into the beautiful, giant, tumbling life they become.
soft tendrils becoming wiry grippers supporting masses of fragrant and colourful life reaching up those canes and if you pinch out the growing tip of the seedling that shoots off on its own the plants send up loads more stems from around the base which makes loads more flowers and the more you pick the more they flower it is almost impossible to imagine this when looking at a young seedling and yet at first there they go into the soil a few centimetres high planted at the bottom of a tall bare cane and I walk away shaking my head With this in mind, here's an exercise I want to share with you and I've been finding this really helpful. Whatever you're up to right now, walking, driving, cooking, resting, having a little think, just um, take a moment to ponder how this might look for you. Have a think across your life. Imagine choosing three core areas that sum up you and your expression. Perhaps your working practice or your life as a whole. These can be quite broad categories, but they must be clear. For example, I look at this for how I spend days in the studio. And one of my areas is film and photography, which helps me to be clear that my visual output really centers on that. So if other opportunities come along, I ask, how it helps that specific area to grow and another area for me is words either written or spoken or expressed with my design and hand lettering that's something that's really emerged after giving my TED talk last year and realizing there was such a story in that so I pay attention and I give it the space it requires it's good to resist the urge to make these things complicated by overqualifying or stating them in more than a couple of words just keep it simple and really clearly defined think for a few moments about this now imagine your three things as tiny seedlings some may be bigger than others some perhaps just the hint of new life think how big a place do these currently occupy in your days your thinking, your physical space, your working hours, what kind of emotional investment are you making? Is there stuff that crowds them out? So-called weeds that choke them, that need plucking out. Weeds steal all the soil's goodness and are distracting, taking away from the beauty of a specific plant because the eye doesn't know where to look. Pull them out and there's only one point of focus again. Imagine your three precious seedlings planted into clear, healthy soil. Perhaps tiny, vulnerable, but ready. Now, imagine staking a tall cane next to each one, and this is your act of faith. This says, yep, I believe in this, I believe in this. I believe that despite current appearance, this little one is going to make it all the way, all the way up there. And it is almost impossible to imagine, but I believe it can happen. I believe the power, <laughs> the power is in its cells. And then you step back and set about cultivating. 
Each new idea I have must tie into one of these canes or instead of growing a big tumbling fragrant display of delicious flowers, I'm cultivating weeds that steal nutrients and yield no harvest. And the really lovely thing is that where my failed attempt at the Cadbury's Flake advert now <laughs> exists, instead one solitary cucumber plant is snaking its way over that very patch and it's budding with loads of bright yellow flowers with a few fruits just starting to appear. And just now before I picked up to record this week's podcast, I picked the first of the sweet peas. The simplicity of choosing one clear thing to cultivate is so helpful. It can be releasing and clarifying. Tether onto your canes and spiral around them. Water, light, time. Find the nourishment you need. Find the space you need. Turn towards the light. Keep the soil clear of weeds. Keep distractions at bay and then patiently grow. This is the season's lesson in simplicity. Have an absolutely wonderful week and may the sun shine on you and may all your projects go beautifully and be full of inspiration and big ideas. Until next time my friends have a great week. Ha ha ha!